Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Verifiable Randomness. Verifiable Randomness. Tonight's episode is sponsored by changing your mind and adapting to different circumstances. And the reason that's why this episode is brought to you by those things is because S. Matthew English and I decided we're going to try a new format to this show based on the feedback we've gotten where essentially I will come up with a list of things I want to talk about over the week and S. Matthew English and I will meet weekly and talk about those things, but I'm not going to tell him what I'm talking about beforehand. So he's going to give me his commentary on the things I've been thinking about, hopefully in his insightful, humorous, and uh, dare I say controversial way that he uh, is very good at doing. Stirring the pot, you don't know if he's being serious or not. <laughs> because uh, I think one of the things people appreciate about you is you don't take anything just about too seriously. And maybe we could all use a little more of that. Um, you know, I think there's sometimes I'm like, Matthew, take this a little more seriously. But, um, you know, a lot of things are fake. So a lot of things are made up. A lot of our enemies are made up by situations, whether that's Twitter or the media or uh, things that are put in our heads. So we don't have to be so angry and all the time. Um, but the, and then there are things we equally love to hate on that are probably outside the norm, such as Jocko Willich. We both can't stand Jocko Willich. Yep, not a fan of Jocko Willich. Dude, but I would say that I can't endorse that sponsor. I can't condone that sponsor. Tell me about that. Just changing your mind and so on. <laughs> not, a fan, Why? not a fan of that. I'm, recently, I'm just into the opposite of that. I'm just into being resolute and, uh, you know? Like, like, is that why you don't like my stance on perma bears and curmudgeons? Because you're, you're pro being old man mind and just never changing your mind on anything? It's not really that. It's, you know, Carl von Clausewitz? I don't. He, he okay, this book on war by uh, Sun Tzu, this Chinese general. Yeah. There's also a European book called On War. By this guy Carl von Clausewitz. Oh, on war. Fought, yeah, he yeah. fought against Napoleon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he has this. You just idea have to that, speak English when you say these things. <laughs> what? How else would I, I say? I thought it was like some French word, on war. I was like, no, I've, huh? I don't read no, French oh, books. Oh, oh, on war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Um, yeah. Well, he, the whole point of the last part of it, he was talking about how it's really important in life to have a fixed perspective to look at events from because you can't understand all the turmoil of life if you're always changing your perspective on things, changing your base, you know? So I like this word resolute. It's like coming from trees, like how trees are just in one place and then can place everything in context based on Have that. I ever told you my thing though about how um, it bothers me when people are like, oh, are you gonna set up roots there? And I'm like, I'm not a tree. Trees can't move. I don't want to be a tree. Trees, hmm. trees are stuck there. So when you say we should be more like trees, I'm like, nope. I don't. I would do. We're not trees. We walk around. Look, trees are important. You know, I've got a lot of house plants now. I appreciate foliage, but I don't. We're different. We're human beings. They're trees. I'm not. I don't want my roots in the ground. I want to move. I want to change my mind. I don't know though. What about your family tree and so on? There's so many ways that people are like trees. 
people <laughs> are in family. Family tree is just a representation of a family. It's not a tree. You could have called it the family map, you know? I know, but you didn't. Like, it's not called that. It's called <laughs> tree. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, f- I forgot. We should tell the listeners. I, I promised them that if you start trying to list out the rivers in Europe, I'll cut you <laughs> off. Like, I'm the moderator, so, that, so we, don't, we don't lose their attention. You're a bartender. You're cut off. Are you, playing, are you playing your game right now? No, no. I'm looking up the definition of resolute. Oh, okay. It has you something had- to do with trees. Wait, what were you saying? Well, you had a sponsor for tonight's show too, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. My sponsor is Mustache. <laughs> one mustache? <laughs> Not mustaches? Yeah. Well, the platonic ideal mustache. There's only one mustache in the world of forms. And then in our human existence, there's multiple kinds of mustache. But the closer that you can bring your mustache to this most ideal, most perfect mustache, you're killing it, basically. Hold on. So, but what's what's the reason mustache? I still don't understand the reason mustache is the sponsor. I just think it's, I don't know. It's just part of my whole new look, and I'm just really enthusiastic about mustache recently so you think it's it's like you it's a thing you can do to change your style yeah it is i was reading a james bond book once and this super villain in james bond he was saying to james bond that if you shave off all your hair and grow a mustache you look totally different than you used to look have you would you consider doing that <laughs> i grew a mustache so basically all the thing i would have to do is shave my hair off i know would you do it That'd be crazy. Dude, that would be crazy. I'm kind of trying to cultivate a mullet, actually. But what if you shaved your head and just grew your mustache? That would be... (laughs) Dude, that would be insane. You've got a girlfriend. What do you got to lose? It's not like she's going to leave you over it. It's not like you're on the dating scene. I mean, dude, but think about this. Still looking for a job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I need my hair. It's important. Okay, do you know why curly hair like mine is a thing is a meme i looked this up once i was curious about it why is that okay so imagine this you're wandering around in the desert if you have straight hair like smooth to your head the sun will beat down on your head and you'll pass out so if you have a big fro then the hot rays of the sun get broken up and so it keeps your head more cool is that true yeah that's true i've never heard that before it's, I mean, it sounds reasonable. Uh, I've just never heard that. I don't, you could be pulling my leg right now. You could be doing this thing that you just make up something. And I, I'm I not no making idea. it up. Did you I, read this been... in a James Bond book too? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I sought out this information once because I used to be, uh, I don't know. I used to not like my curly hair because I felt that like at one point, all the, people with curly hair like were nerds in like <laughs> in media like screech and saved by the bell or like kramer yeah. like this crazy guy in seinfeld yeah but i feel like nowadays in our modern age cool guys have curly hair too like post malone i actually yeah. uh when i uh meet women who have curly hair i ask them why do women straighten their hair i thought everybody with curly hair was so cool like, why would you take like a gift you got genetically and then undo it? I never understood it. Yeah, I don't know. 
But I guess everyone I don't want to. I don't want to mansplain curly hair. I've just <laughs> this is a thing I ask, and and I think it's becoming cool again. I think at one point, for the reason you said, it wasn't as cool, but now it's coming, becoming more fashionable again. Yeah, but why is that? I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to try to mansplain it, Matthew, as much as you want me to. I. What so, does mansplain even mean? You can explain it as a human. Yeah, but how could I possibly explain why women straighten their hair? I can't explain that. Oh, that. So if you describe something that women do, then you mansplaining it. I don't know. Who knows? How could I? How could <laughs> I possibly know that? Whoa! Come on, the male gaze, dude. <laughs> what? <laughs> My sister used to say this. She took a bunch of classes about feminism in college. And there's this idea in feminism of the male gaze. So I guess it's basically just this model of mind or whatever, more generally, but that you're trying to do things that you think will appeal to other people, something like that. I don't understand that explanation at all. The male gaze? Yeah, the male gaze. It's a thing in feminism. You could even look it up, I guess. Let me Google this. Male gaze is a real thing. It's a thing, dude. In feminist theory, the male gaze is the act of depicting women and the world in visual arts and in literature from a masculine heterosexual perspective that presents and represents women as sexual objects for the pleasure of the male viewer. That was different than what you were saying. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I get but that. so you are the gaze holder. So I feel like you have a good perspective on this kind of thing, you know? So my view of the world is my own gaze? No, but like you have, what, I'm just trying to say that you, there's like, I feel like trying to label your interpretation of why women would straighten their hair, why not? As like mansplaining because you're a man and you're not a woman. Like, and then just discounting your opinion doesn't make any sense because you know, you also have valuable contributions to bring to the discussion about why somebody who is a woman might want to straighten okay, their hair. Okay, but mansplaining's me going to a woman and saying, let me tell you why women straighten their hair. That's what's yeah, you, I mean, not? that's silly. You have a perspective about it. Why is it silly? <laughs> I don't think it is. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip past this topic. But by the way, you know what <laughs> made, me, made me think is like gays. It's kind of an interesting word when you say, it's one of those words you say it and you're like, that is a interesting sounding word. Gaze. Jay-Z. <laughs> it's got a Z in there. Gaze. Interesting. Okay. Um, here, let's, so I'm looking at my list for, I had a question okay. for you to start off. All right. All right. Hit me with it. Okay. Hyam's been a sponsor of the show twice. Have you listened to him? You've heard me say them or have you not even said them? Cause all right, this is why it's too broad. Send me one song to listen to and then I'll listen to that one song. That's look. That's a fair point. I'll add that to my to dos. What's the one song? Just say it right now, and I'll listen to it. Well, I gotta, um, I gotta find the music video because it's a fun music video that they do. Okay. I'll send it to you. Um, And I actually, the the name of that specific song escapes escapes me. Um, Yeah, it's paradox of choice. Actually, I was thinking about this in terms of my app too. That right now the way it's structured, it because I did this news article and we got a lot more users of the app basically double the leader like the people in the app from 20 now there's like 40 and yeah but if there's 40 people it's kind of overwhelming who should i challenge so basically i figured that i have to restructure it that it will say it will recommend you to play against these people like these five people but then you could challenge other people as well if you want but i feel like limiting the choice for people 
is helpful in many cases. Yeah, I agree. Um, and look, the song's called Want You Back, it, but you should watch the music video. Okay. It's just a fun music video because I think it gives you a sense of their style and how cool they are. And they don't, it's a good, it's a catchy pop song. Okay. Want You Back. Okay. Um, so because it's verifiable randomness, and even though we talk about random things, I feel like we always have to talk about <laughs> simping <laughs> or pimping, not simping. <laughs> okay. So this thought occurred to me. Because do you remember last week I was like, I feel like the most successful people in the world, whatever that means, are naturally not simps, like in all mm -hmm. aspects of life. They're just not simps. Mm -hmm. But, and then you told me uh, through text once, you're like, don't worry, you're not a simp. Like you're not a simp. And, but here's what I, here's what I, here's what I think. Here's what I came to. I think if, if I'm neutral about somebody or I don't like them, it's, I'm not a simp. Mm -hmm. Like that's it's easy to so you not don't be like me. No, well, I'm <laughs> I'm referring to women. I'm referring to women. All right, all right, all right. yeah. Because um, really, Sims referring to women, right? Uh, okay, fine. But then, like, if if someone's like, okay, if someone's like, why are you still single? I think now my answer is is because when I like somebody, I turn into a simp. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Like if I'm neutral, I'm not, I don't. And I'm, I do fine. If I like somebody, I turn into a simp and then I end up being single again. Well, that doesn't sound like a cause to me. Do you know what I mean? No. It's like, that's not a why. That's like a symptom of something else, I feel like. And also, I still don't know what simp means in your definition. You shared the definition with me. <laughs> yeah, but the Urban Dictionary definition, okay, should we look it up? I mean, it's, it's a very broad definition. Well, I feel like just who cares about it, though? Like, if you think you're being a simp, then you're being a simp. If you, oh, my God, it's even on dictionary.com. Wow. Dictionary.com is, is trying to move into... Urban Dictionary's territory. What's the definition on dictionary.com? Wow, this is fascinating. Urban Dictionary, oh wait, okay. Google prioritizes dictionary.com more than Urban Dictionary. Okay, Why? that makes sense. It's interesting though. Why does it? Okay, okay. Simp is a slang insult for men who are seen as too attentive and submissive to women, especially out of a failed hope of winning some entitled sexual attention or activity from them translation the word simp is meant to troll young men for doing anything for a girl to get some action he supposedly deserves from may 4th 2020 may the 4th be with you from star wars day that's a good definition that's better than the urban dictionary definition <laughs> what's the urban dictionary definition contributed by pimp and not simpin correct okay urban dictionary definition is someone who does way too much for a person they like it's more, it's more, how to say, gender neutral, the Urban Dictionary definition. It's more woke, dictionary.com. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have seen that coming, where the Urban Dictionary is more woke? I would dictionary. have, totally. Dictionary.com sounds so stodgy. So I think, th so that's, okay, so that was my thing about... What does stodgy even mean? Look it up on dictionary.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be young men. Um, okay, so then I had this other thought. 
Okay. Do you know how, or at least in my experience, like sometimes something will nag me about somebody that I'm dating and then I just can't, it's like, it's too much. It could be a little thing and I can't get past it. But then if you're in love with somebody, you don't give a shit what the little things are because you're in love. So then I thought, is like love actually, like I'm sure it has many evolutionary reasons, but is one of the reasons so you can get past things about somebody that you otherwise wouldn't find attractive and, and then you could procreate? Hmm. I don't know. I like this idea of love as verb. So it's like when you are in love with somebody, you're like doing nice things for them all the time and like being thoughtful and uh, just like chill. <laughs> and how to say just nice. And yeah. yeah, like that. I I just kind of like this idea of just being more activated in life in all ways and not like being a passive how to say like thing that is acted on like to be an actor and not something that's acted upon. There's this so awesome quote from the Bush administration, like the white house press secretary. He one time it was, it's the most awesome quote ever. He was like, we are history actors. Wait, hold on. I want to find it. So you're going to turn this into like Hannity and Combs over here. No, no, no. It's so good. It's so good. Carl Rove. Okay. Okay. He said, <laughs> okay, he said oh, we're an empire now. Leadership just drops, Matthew. No, no, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, he said we're an empire now, and when we act, we create our own reality. And while you are all studying that reality judiciously as you will, we'll act again, creating other new realities which you can study too. And that's how things will sort out. We're history's actors, and all of you will be left to just study what we do. Okay, so two things. One, there's no way he came up with that. That's clearly recycled. <laughs> Uh, some from somewhere. And number two, I met him once actually. Same. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What context did you meet him in? I met him at the White House. Whoa. Yeah. Where did you meet him? I met him at the Rayburn House office building because I was an intern for some congressman when I was in college. Okay. Mine's cooler. Yeah, it's cooler for sure. Uh, I mean, wait, wait, look, wait. that's I get the quote. I think it's a cool quote. No way he came up with that. Yeah, maybe not. Who cares? But if, if it's attributed to him, then for all intents and purposes, he did. So wait, hold on. but the idea of that is like that you are the actor. You're not acted upon. You act. Like Grant also said once that he, it's like his first interesting battle where he, uh, attacked some whatever confederate position on the mississippi river and then he was freaked out but when they got there to this place where they're going he realized that the forces that were opposing him they had all retreated and he was like whoa that's interesting so then he says in his memoir that after that he never or he always kept in his mind that the his opponent was always as afraid of what he was going to do to them as he was afraid of what they were going to do to him so he just always like had this in his mind, you know? And so but I like I don't the idea. know how this relates at all to what I okay. said. It relates because it's like, I think love as a verb is like, you are an actor. You are like, you're doing things. Things don't happen to you. You are the causative agent of events. 
So it's like, if you're in love with somebody, you do nice things for them. It's not like yeah. love is like a thing outside of me that comes into me from something. It's like, I am like doing acts, which mean that I'm in love. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a Disney movie where it's like someone bestows it on me. I like do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> and I don't think you have to tie everything into a civil war reference. <laughs> <laughs> can say things without tying it back to this for those of you who don't know uh, as matthew english is a civil war scholar and uh loves uh studying and reading and talking about the civil war uh and finds ways to tie the civil war into everything yeah i got invited to this conference civil war conference next year by the guy who runs go? the Civil War Institute at the University of Gettysburg or Gettysburg College or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to go, but I think that guy's a little bit annoyed at me now because I kept like asking him questions. No, I don't believe it. Yeah, maybe he is. What? Well, okay, there's but beef between him and somebody else. And I read this other guy's book and a little bit trolled him about it, I think. So he's salty. And were you like, you know, Karl Rove had this quote during the Civil War and you... <laughs> well, there's this History Channel documentary with uh about grant that recently came out and there's this guy alan guelzo who's the civil war history guy at princeton and he used to be the director of the civil war institute at gettysburg college but then now this guy is a civil war institute director at gettysburg college so i feel like i was talking about this one guy's book and he's like oh well this book flies in the face of all this scholarship that's about to come out and i was like yeah about to come out from who from you so dang i didn't say that but that's what I think. That's my hypothesis. That's my hot take. I like your hot takes. I appreciate them. So, okay, but what did you think about the, my original point about how love is an ev- part of the, an evolutionary process so you don't get annoyed with somebody. So you're able to overcome other people's annoyances. Um, I don't know. No, I don't think it's that. I think it's like- Well, not, I'm not more... saying it, it's just that. I'm just saying it's an aspect but I just don't support that definition because in my... But I'm not saying it's a definition. What, that's just an element of it? I don't know though, because that's not my mental model of this phenomenon. Okay, but do you know how like, have you ever gone on dates and someone will do something and you're just like, nope, I can't, that's a deal breaker. And it could be a dumb thing, but you're like, you know, I can't take someone who taps their fingernails on the table or whatever. But if I'm just saying, (laughs) if you're in love with somebody, you don't care that they do that. Maybe like once your love dissipates and you've been dating him for seven years, like then it annoys you. <laughs> but I'm but I'm saying love in that instance helps you get over it. I don't know. I still don't like that meant like that concept. The way that that concept. So you're saying you can't relate to that at all, which is fine. Everybody perceives things differently. I would just be well, shocked just if you can't call it that. You, Okay, what would you call it? Because, okay, this is very, like, how to say it? This is very uh, self-absorbed, self-centeredism. Because you probably do stuff that's really annoying as well. Exactly, of course. <laughs> but, but you're not listening yeah. to me. I'm saying, so love for the other person, they don't get annoyed with what I'm doing. It's what I'm telling you. It's both ways. I don't know if that's even love, though. I think that that's just being, I don't know. Just who cares though? 
it's like choose your battle something dude all right <laughs> you know what i'm saying though i don't know you're Some gonna take the like... cry contrarian view on this one i don't know why you do that sometimes it's fine <laughs> jumping to the next thing uh i don't think it's necessarily a thing of love so maybe you know how there's like these definitions of love like love of pizza love of dogs and love of like sex and all like philos and whatever all this kind of stuff like this greek thing you know what i mean okay okay so then i like that idea too because this concept so it's too all-encompassing right this one word for all these things it's like how in english you have the word free that's like free like freedom and free like free pizza i don't know it's just like too all-encompassing I don't know. I like to think about things more granularly, maybe. Or I don't know. Maybe I just have a weird mental model. I don't mean to be uh, so, whatever, contrarian. I feel like the way your mind works, I would have had to call it something else and you would have been like, yeah, oh yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, something I thought was hilarious, if you don't mind me sharing with the audience. I texted you that something was the goat. And you didn't know what that was. I, I couldn't tell. Were you being serious? Yeah, I didn't know what that was. Whoa, dude. That's like the, one of the best acronyms around. Yeah, but then it had such a good positive effect because then I Googled GOAT. And then I saw in Google that you can get a augmented reality GOAT and just put it from your camera in the room where you're standing. And then yeah, I did Yeah, what app did you use to- I literally that? just typed GOAT into Google from my phone. And then you can get a VR goat. It says meet a goat in real life. And I was like, I would meet a goat in real life for sure. And I clicked on it and then I could see a goat. And then I freaked out Alexandra by, uh, <laughs> I Googled cat and it was the same thing. And I was like, oh my God, Alexandra, look at this cat. And she was, and I showed her through my phone. She's like, oh my God, what? And she kept looking around my phone. <laughs> totally thought there was awesome. a cat. And then we freaked out her mom because we like uh, did tiger. And then it was like a VR tiger and she was petting it. And we sent it to her mom and she was like, oh my God, you have a tiger? That's so crazy. Where did you get it? And we're like, we got it on Amazon. And it freaked out my mom too. So you can freak out old people with this technology. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet th I bet that's the product manager's like, we should build this because we're going to freak out old people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It's pretty cool. I felt yeah, like I we live in an age of some technological progress when I saw it. So I just... Google goat? Yeah, Google goat from your phone. Didn't I send you, you have the video? To, do you have to be, yeah, but do you have to be in the Google app? No, just Google from a, any browser. Goat. Okay. And it says me to go in real life, right? Nope, I'm getting ads for the, oh, I see. Yeah, meet a life-size alpine goat up close. Yeah. But you have, oh, so you had to download the No, file? you don't. Just from, For me, it's view. saying I have to download a file. Look, for me, it's just that click view in yeah, 3D. Yeah, so, but it, view in 3D, I think you already downloaded the file. I didn't. Because when I hit view in 3D, it asked me to download a file. For me, it's automatic. Look, it just starts doing this. Trying to put a goat everywhere <laughs> that I am. See, now it's here. That's now it's here. Look. so funny. That is, I wish people could see this. That's hilarious. It looks like there's a goat on your lap. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaky you can do it for all kinds of animals yeah cool well all right google's really changing up their stuff though changing up their game
Oh no, did you just cut out? In Google. Oh, there you're back. I thought I was gonna have to pause. Oh yeah. I was just saying that Google is really changing up their game. I feel like a lot of tech companies are changing up their game during quarantine. I mean they have to. So okay, so dude, I um uh the audience doesn't know this. But uh, we keep sending each other stuff about how people writing stuff about how, how New York's a failed city. <laughs> yeah, I just got another one today from one of my friends. Well, what was that one about? Just about, about all these U-Hauls. But then I keep watching as well these uh, talks of Bill de Blasio, just because I like him. I think he's an interesting person. And okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You see it, yeah, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, who write to me and say, I can't believe you have a Trump supporter as your guest host on this mm-hmm. show. He's not... He likes Bill de Blasio. <laughs> I'm not a Trump supporter. I just, I like memes. I just appreciate his yeah. meme. Okay. Anyway, I think that Bill de Blasio is an interesting person. And. Go on. I'm interested to hear why. Well, why is totally different than this thing I'm about to say. But anyway, okay. so I watch his press briefings, but he's always saying that, or he's recently saying that he's going to fire 22,000 city employees next month. It's crazy. And just in the thing today, he was saying that fire is not furlough. It's going to change the whole dynamic of the city for a really long time into the future. Wow, that's a lot of city employees. Yeah, it is. Why Were they just and not needed also, this whole time? Or like, what's going on? No, because their budget is so in deficit. Well, I was, you know, I read this thing once about the New York City public school system. Like if you get in trouble as a teacher, you just sit in a room all day from nine, eight to five or whatever, and they pay you because they can't fire you or something. Oh, yeah, because the teacher's union or something. Yeah, it's crazy. So are we talking about this? Or are we talking about like, there's not going to be people to shovel snow this winter because there's not enough workers? What are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, that kind of thing. So one person that was on this call, a journalist, was saying that the trees recently there was some really windy day or whatever and a bunch of trees blew down because they didn't they were hollowed out in the center and there aren't enough parks department employees and also you and i talked about this once about the rats that there are not enough yeah. pest control people and because all the yeah, restaurants are closed the rats are super bold yeah we talked about this uh last time i think interesting mm-hmm. and then it's interesting to watch people's contrarian take they're like no new york city isn't dead it's just people fear-mongering and it's like look how busy midtown is or whatever because there's a lot of cars or something Hmm. Um, i think those people are delusional there's still too much tail risk new york city's an island with millions of people that you can only get supplies and people to and from through crumbling infrastructure like it doesn't make any sense it's so fragile the whole the whole thing is so friggin fragile so you can say okay this okay they might survive again this pandemic but there's there's gonna be something else it's just it doesn't make sense the structure doesn't make any sense uh and then yeah now you add to this the budget the services um crime skyrocketing i was talking to someone yesterday they were joking with me they're like people are saying now new york's like the 1980s again because crime's going back up but she was actually saying but in the 1980s, you would go to a Broadway show and then get shot. Now you can't even go to a Broadway show. You can just get shot because mm-hmm. Broadway's closed. You know what I mean? So the, even the culture yeah. aspect's not really there right now. Or food. 
or food. Another yeah. thing, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why people have to like ap- be apologists for things. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, it's okay if New York, New York City doesn't make sense. Like it's too fragile. It's okay to be like, you know what? Maybe we should think about how people organize and meet and group together and get jobs and go to culture like in a slightly different way. I think that's fine. I don't think you have to like defend a city that was trending toward just being for wealthy people anyway. Anyway, that's my rant about it. Yeah. New York that was the original thing when I started to get mad about New York City with you was I was like, dude, look, dude, this city is just for wealthy people now. Like this is unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. New York. <laughs> Have you been seeing what's going on in um, Northern California? Speaking of craziness. Um, a little bit. I try and stay as uninformed as humanly possible. Well, to you know, crazy wildfires. Um, yeah, so San Francisco that. is choked in smoke again. So you can't even go outside because it's so bad for your lungs to inhale all that smoke. Hmm. Um, like rolling power outages and then, uh, you know, like not mingling because of coronavirus. So you're talking about something, um, you know, if like people aren't like, okay, I'm leaving San Francisco now. Like, I don't know what the hell would make them, um, want to leave at this point because you got three things hitting at the same time dude it's crazy these wildfires are insane oh but you're you live in california so i guess that's a little bit yeah no it's a little nerving southern california sure sure yeah um but i think the you know the northern california i remember last year they had the same thing where san francisco was blanketed in smoke same thing with colorado colorado's has real bad fires denver's blanketed in smoke people can't go out huh. it's kind of, yeah it's tragic it's probably going to get worse, which is, you know, really bad. Anyway, let's keep this a little more positive, okay? S. Matthew okay. English, we don't have to make all this right, a downer right. podcast, all right? All right, all right, yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, but New York City apologist just, oh, man. That's going to be a new label, I think, my brain puts on people. Hmm. Okay. Where else can I pay $25 for a mediocre chicken breast? You know? Hong Kong. <laughs> dude i like i mean i was only in hong kong once and this was years and years ago but i i really liked hong kong i thought that was such a cool unique city it's the coolest it's so cool when were you there i used to live there for how long like two years did you live in on hong kong island yeah oh cool all right which i went which to side? college there on hong kong island not in kowloon no no, no. i mean like which side of the island Oh, in um, because from what I remember, one side was very British and the other side was very Chinese. Yeah, right in the like heart of the cool stuff. I forget the name of the subway stop that I live near, but like right in the center, center. I went to Hong Kong U for my master's program. I didn't know that. See, I learned something about you through this podcast. Yeah, Hong Kong is super awesome. But the thing is, I don't like being a foreigner in a country. It's a stress, big stress. Tell me more about that. It's just a stress. I don't know. So basically, I don't know. When you would get on a bus in Hong Kong, everyone would just know that you're a foreigner and just be staring at you. And it's just sometimes a stress. Like, I don't want people staring at me. Like, when I first arrived in... Hong Kong, I thought it was cool, and like China generally. But just after a while, it's annoying. You just want to be 
more DL, more anonymous. Okay. Like in Germany, when I would go around, people would not instantly know that I was a foreigner. If I opened my mouth, they would know. But by looking at me, they wouldn't know. But in Hong Kong, as soon as they look at you, they know. What city in Germany did you live? In Bonn. Oh, I don't know where that is. It was the capital of West Germany. Okay. It's near Cologne. Good place to live? Yeah, it's cool. It's interesting because it used to be the capital. So it has all these, like, how to say, attributes that a normal city of that size wouldn't have. Yeah. Like a bunch of embassies and... I don't know, a bunch of cool stuff. It has a cool university there. It's a kind of small town. It's the reason why I wanted to move to Sven, actually, or one of them, because I had a really good experience. Like This kind of bucolic life. <laughs> By the way, what's your update on it? Still liking it? Savannah? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Like, It's just kind of beautiful and nice. Like, well, I'm assuming you don't have a two-bedroom, because I asked if I could stay with you, and you said... You should visit, but you didn't say you should stay. <laughs> yeah, but you have a one bedroom. Okay. Yeah. So if I why don't I just take your bed and you guys sleep on the couch? Oh yeah. That's a great solution. Why didn't I think of that? Alexandra will like that, right? She'll be down <laughs> Yeah, could be. I'll find out. Cool. Yeah, I'm um you know, it's just great living by the water because it's like, you know, I think the the world's getting pummeled with a heat wave right now but it's just so much cooler when you have the breeze of the ocean. So it's like, it was like 20 degrees cooler um, here than like in the heart of LA in the Valley where it gets super hot, which has been nice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I think that just makes people happier. I think the sun makes people happier. Um, I don't know. I don't really like the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I get sunburned easily. Well, you know, you just got to, build up until you get you know bronze the bronze i don't know that doesn't really happen to me i just get sunburned so i just walk around with a black umbrella <laughs> like a parasol nice nice dude the weird look so you know i think um you know next week we got to make sure to figure out a way to t- talk about how our, our evolving definition of simp works uh update on um our living moving situation and um you know, I feel like everyone says stay safe out there, but here at Verifiable Randomness, we get to say have fun out there, which I just think is a better way to uh, approach it. I agree. It is better. All right. Any because, final thoughts? Because to have fun, you have to live dangerously. Is that true? <laughs> it's true. I don't think you, to have fun, you have to live dangerously. I think you can have fun without living dangerously. Well... I don't know, because it's the only way I know. And I have a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. Uh, anything else? Any final thoughts as we wrap up this new verifiable randomness segment? I have a lot of thoughts, but you'll have to tune in next time to hear them. Next week, and we'll try to make sure S. Matthew English doesn't play chess in the middle of our podcast discussion. All right, fair enough. But you, listener, should download chess in the App Store. Chess is dead. Long live chess. Long live chess. And uh, remember, everybody, 
have, have fun out there. Fun out there.